Well, this morning, we're going to begin a brief series on friends. All of us need friends. Whether we admit it, whether we know it or not, we all need friends. It's something that's just very basic in our nature. And I realize some people might take exception to that, to saying that we need friends. And so let me just put it another way. All of us do better when we have good friends. It's not a matter of whether or not we can survive without friends, but it's that we thrive when we have real friends. Now, I know some people might think it's not very spiritual to do a series on friends, but the Word of God has so much to say about friends. And we need to apply that scripture to our life. Let me just start from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. Listen, God had made such a beautiful, such a perfect world. And he said, it is good. And then he says, it is not good for man to be alone. You need to hear that principle. It is not good for man to be alone. And then he created woman as a companion for man. But I don't think it's just about marriage. Nobody does good all on their own. We were designed for relationships, and we all need real friends in our life, and especially with our brothers and sisters in Christ. There are certainly those who by strength of personality or character can just kind of tough it out on their own maybe. But here's the thing, all of us do better with good friends. You know, life as a believer is just a little easier. We're just a little more successful and it's just a little better when you have good friends. That's the way it's supposed to be. I think that there is a really strong deception at work in our culture. It is this, uh, in fact, it's kind of a thing in in our American culture that we have this individualism and independence. You know, we're real big on that. I'm my own man. I can make it on my own. I can do it. I don't need anybody else. You know, I'm going to do it whether anybody else likes it. I'm going to, it's all about what I can do. And some of that sounds good to us because it is so much a part of our culture. But you need to hear this. It's unscriptural and it's unwise. We need other people. And whether or not we can tough it out on our own is not the question. It's how much better can we do if we have the right kinds of friends and relationships in our life. Such a deception. I tell you, Satan loves to isolate people. And we need to be wise to his devices and realize how important relationships are. I grew up watching westerns, the old westerns. Some of these new ones, they just, no, no, no. But the old westerns, you know, and they always have a tough guy. And one of those tough guys was a guy that was called the Lone Ranger, right? Some of you remember. You don't want to date yourself, right? Well, you've heard of it. Okay. The Lone Ranger. Here's the weird thing about the Lone Ranger. He's all alone, right? No. Oh, no. The Lone Ranger had Tonto. 
I'm just telling you, Kimasabi, you're not supposed to do this alone. You, you're spo- some, I know, see, I know you've seen the show because you laughed at that. You know where that came from. That's right. We're not supposed to be going it alone. All of us need a friend. All of us need close relationships with others to help us in the difficult times. I mean, Marshall Dillon had Festus. It might not have been much, but it was something. John Wayne had his dog. I think, you know, he had friends in each movie, but his friends all seemed to die. But anyway, Batman had Robin and Sherlock Holmes had Watson. What about Superman? He didn't have anybody. Listen, Superman had superpowers. And if you got superpowers, maybe you get a pass on this. But actually... Even Superman needed somebody to help him when he got around kryptonite. And some of you guys know there's some kryptonite out there. You need some help sometimes. Mm, yeah. Muhammad Ali got on a plane one day. And before the plane took off, a stewardess came by and said, Sir, you're going to need to put your seatbelt on. Muhammad Ali said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. The stewardess said, Superman doesn't need a plane. Here's the thing, though. You see, sometimes we want to act like, you know, we don't need this, we don't need that, but we've just been deceived. We need to realize how important relationships are in the body of Christ. Nobody is an exception to the principles of God's Word. And if you have real friends, you're going to do better. Your life's going to be a little easier. You're going to thrive. Some people think, that they're being super spiritual to have the attitude they don't need anybody, it's just me and Jesus. That is not spiritual. In fact, it's worldly and carnal to say you don't need anybody. It is unscriptural because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21, that none of us can say to another part of the body, I don't need you. We all need each other. This is the way that Jesus designed His church, His body, to work, is that we need each other. We need real relationships, real friends in the body of Christ. Even Jesus had friends. He's our example. Want to follow Jesus? Follow His example. Jesus had friends. Now, there are several times that Jesus mentions his friends, but one of those is John 15, 15. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. Now he tells his disciples, he says, I have called you friends. These were his friends. And one of the evidences of that is what he says here. He says, I've made known to you everything that the Father has given me. You see, real friends, they share the most important things in life with one another. They talk about those things. Jesus tells them, I have called you my friends. Now, the thing about Jesus' friends is... They weren't really so great sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when he was fighting the greatest battle of all in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was praying, and he sweat as it were, great drops of blood. During that great battle, he had his closest three friends, Peter, James, and John. They were there with him. And what were they doing? 
They were asleep. Jesus says, couldn't you tarry with me one hour? They couldn't even pray with him one hour. Best friends, they're sleeping. And how about that one guy, Judas? He was a friend. Only a friend can betray a friend. And he betrayed Jesus. And you see, we have a real hard time with this. A lot of people... They, they don't really want to get close to others because they're afraid of being hurt. They're afraid of being betrayed. But Judas did not stop the plan of God. Jesus fulfilled his mission and all that the Father had for him to do. But get this. It was Jesus' friends, his friends that took his message of the gospel to the world. And the Bible says they turned the world upside down. Who did that? His friends did. Those guys that sometimes they messed up, sometimes they blew it, they weren't always the best friend, but yet they were the ones that Jesus used to change the world. And I'm just telling you that Jesus is our example, and we need to follow that example and have real friends in our life. Listen to the principles of God's Word. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and begin with verse 9. And let me just say this one more time. Having real friends will make your life better, easier, and more successful. I did not get this from some cheesy book on success that you pick up in a bookstore I got this from the Scripture, from the Word of God. Here's the principles of God's Word. Two are better than one. This is truth. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. The greater success happens when we work together with others. Now, this isn't just about making money. This also applies in spiritual things and in ministry. There's greater success when you work together with others. I mean, the Apostle Paul said, one plants and one waters, and God gives the increase. He didn't say, hey, we're supposed to be a one-man show. No, there's somebody that plants and somebody that waters. And in the body of Christ, each one of us has something that we're supposed to fulfill. There's a function for every part of the body of Christ. It's not a one-man show. But you see, so often it seems like that believers just try to go it on their own in their own life. We need to realize how important these relationships with others are. You know... The Apostle Paul is really a great example because when he became a believer, he had been persecuting the church. And so the church was actually afraid of him at that point. Uh, they, they didn't understand what had, that he had truly been converted and they were suspicious of him. They would not receive his ministry. But Paul made a connection with a man named Barnabas who was respected. And it was Barnabas that stood and vouched for Paul. And and so his ministry was received by others. You need to understand, he would never even have gotten out of the gate and ministering to the believers if he hadn't have had a relationship with this guy named Barnabas. After Barnabas, 
There was another man named Silas that became Paul's partner. And if you read the letters that Paul wrote, you'll see that there were many, many others that he was connected with relationally. People like Timothy and Titus and Mark and a whole slew of people that he mentions that helped him at some point. And how is it that believers today think that they're okay on their own? I'll tell you, the Apostle Paul was such a determined, bullheaded kind of guy. You, you could almost get the idea that he could do it on his own. But I'm convinced if he tried to do it on his own, none of us would have ever heard of him. And it's not about whether or not he could survive on his own. It's about the truth that he would never have been able to accomplish the things that he did without real friends. And neither can we. It's not a matter of can you survive. It's a matter of so many of us are failing to really fulfill all that God has for us because we don't have real relationships. We're struggling, sometimes failing because we don't have real friends in the body of Christ. Verse 10, he says, For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. We all fall sometimes. We all make mistakes. We all mess up sometimes. And life is just a little easier when you mess up if you have a friend that's there. Oh, it, it, can you get up on your own? Well, yeah. It's just a little easier to get up when you mess up and you have somebody to say, you're going to be all right. Amen. Right. Right. 35, 37, I don't know, years ago, they get away from me. I went to my pastor one day, Brother Harold Nichols. I said, Brother Nichols, I messed up. We talked for a few minutes. He said, oh, you're all right. He said, you didn't fall. You just stumbled a little bit. And then he prayed this great prayer for me. Man, I was so encouraged and strengthened. Set me back on course. Could I have made it on my own? Well, probably. But you know what? It was so much easier. It was so much better to have that close relationship with him and he could encourage me and help me. And I'm just telling you, we all need that sometimes. Amen. Now, you think, if you think that you don't ever need that, let me tell you, you got a real problem because you got a pride problem. Right. Right. Now, preacher, you can stand up here where it's all safe up here at the front and say that to you, but do you have a friend in your life that can say that to you? Do you have a friend that's close enough to you that if they were to say to you, hey, I think you've got some pride going here that you would actually hear them. We need those kinds of friends in our life. The last part of that verse said, for he has no one to help him up. No one to help him up. Somebody might say, well, the Lord is my help. Yeah, that's right, and he uses people. An amazing God almost always uses people. Verse 11, again, if two lie down together, 
they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? These principles are not about making money and keeping warm. This is a spiritual truth here that sometimes we all struggle. Sometimes maybe we start cooling off spiritually. And it's in those times that we need real friends who are on fire for God and will help us stay warm. Help us go on with God. You know, I see in the scripture how that even the apostle Paul, several times he says, pray for me. But also, over and over again, he lets others know, I'm praying for you. We all need that. Verse 12, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. See, when you're battle-worn and weary, do you know that is the time that the enemy will come after you? He doesn't fight fair. No, he's going to come after you when you're down. And what you need is you need some real friends that will stand in the gap for you when you're in that battle and you're tired and weary. And let me tell you something. You don't run out and find one. You know, that Nobody does that. You have to already have those relationships. We need real friends in the body of Christ. One may be overpowered, but two stand against him. Listen, we have to have each other's backs. It just makes life a little easier. It just helps us be a little more successful. It just makes things a little better. And I'm telling you, sometimes good friends make the difference in whether or not somebody makes it. Back to verse 12. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. A threefold cord is much stronger, exponentially stronger than the three cords alone. When they are put together in a three-fold cord, that strength is multiplied. And so it is with us as believers. Whatever strength we might have on our own, it is exponentially multiplied when we stand with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need relationships with other believers that strengthen us. Have you ever... Well, this is a rhetorical question, okay? I know the answer. You don't have to answer out loud. Have you ever broke a commitment that you made? Have you ever gone back on a commitment? Have you ever failed to keep a commitment? I know you have. We've all have. We all have. You make a decision to do something and then you didn't follow through. You know, we, we mean it when we make the commitment, but then something happens and sooner or later, too often, our commitment fails. Maybe we know something's wrong and we end up, for some reason or another, we did it anyway. I mean, it might be something that's just really wrong, but we happen to be in the wrong place, the wrong time, with the wrong people, whatever, and we break a commitment, something that we said we weren't going to do or we failed to do, something we said that we were going to do. You know, we know that we're supposed to pray. And preacher preaches a message about prayer. And so we decide, you know what, I'm going to commit to pray every day. I'm going to have me a time in the morning. I'm going to have a set time. I'm going to pray for a certain length of time maybe. But I'm going to pray every day. And we go along pretty good for a few days, a few weeks, maybe a few months. But at some point, too often we end up breaking that commitment. Now, it can be about a thousand different things, but the point is, is that, you see, we get convicted. We feel like we need to not do this or that we need to do that. And 
we make a decision, we make a commitment, and then we don't keep it. And this happens a lot. And I want you to understand that in the body of Christ today, this is an epidemic problem. It's part of our culture as well that people are so lacking in real commitment. But it's strange how that it is such a stronghold in the body of Christ that people are so lacking in commitment. And I want to tell you what we're talking about this morning is the real key. It is in part why so many in the body of Christ don't keep their commitments. They don't have the real relationships, the real friendships that they need in the body of Christ. You know, we see this all the time. You know, people make a commitment to diet or to exercise, to work harder, save more money, spend more time with friends, get more involved with church, or even just to go to church. A few years ago, Carmen and I were going to go to Grump's restaurant on a Saturday evening, and we got down to Old Town Burleson, and we had to park about three blocks away. And this particular evening, it was about 35 degrees and misting, and just kind of a nasty drizzle, 35 degrees. So we're walking this three blocks in the 35-degree drizzle, and as we're walking, you know, we walk by a couple of other restaurants and some bars. And, of course, we had to park three blocks away because all of the parking is gone. And the amazing thing is as I walk by these places, I'm like, wow, every one of these places is full. These people are committed. They're not going to let a little cold and a little wet keep them from going on a Saturday night. And some of the same people the next morning will wake up and say, you know what, it's cold and rainy, I'm not going to church today. And they sure ain't going to walk three blocks. I'm just letting that lay there because I'll tell you, I believe in commitment. I know my Savior. He laid it out hard and called us to a total commitment. And people need to be committed to Jesus. Amen. Amen. But so often we fail in our commitments because we don't have the relationships that we need to make us stronger. We've all made some commitments and gone back on them, things the Holy Spirit convicted us of, things that we heard or saw in the Word. And then at some point, we just go back on that commitment, and we can get so loaded up with guilt that we get down and don't even want to try anymore. And you know what? That's a terrible place to be. Some people just decide whatever it was isn't wrong anymore or that they don't need to do, you know, they struggle with their commitment to go to church. They just decide, you know what, I don't need to do that. I don't need to go to church. They break their commitment, and they just decide that it's okay. Conviction and commitment isn't always enough. There's a third component that helps us through the difficult times. It gives us strength when we need it. And that is that we have a connection with other believers. That we have real relationships, friendships that 
those people can speak into our lives, that we can influence them and speak into their lives and help them when they're struggling. I know that it makes people uncomfortable when you talk about those kinds of close relationships because there's always that potential to be hurt or disappointed, but we can't allow that fear to keep us from the relationships that the Scripture tells us that we are supposed to have in our lives. Now, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 12 and 13, and I'm going to read these from the New International Version. It's just a little simpler and clearer here. But he says this, he says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. There are so many Christians that are not really living the life that God has called them to. They're not fulfilling the plan and the purpose of God in their life. They're not really experiencing the abundant life that Jesus came to give. Have you you ever known somebody that was that had backslidden somebody that drifted away from God, no longer really serving God or living for God, some even that turned away from God? Have you known some that came to church for a while and they got born again, but now they've just gone back to living the same old life that they used to live? No real change, just back where they were? See, we've all seen people who have given up on their commitments Maybe some of us have even experienced that in our own life. And it's a wonderful thing when the Holy Spirit convicts you and you make a commitment to God and your life has changed. But there's something else that needs to happen that seems to have been forgotten by a lot of the church in America. And that is that we need real relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need real friends in the body of Christ. We need real relationships so that we have accountability. You know, that that just almost sounds like a bad word in our culture because most of us, we... You know, we just kind of shrink back from that accountability. This is my own life. I do what I want. It's not anybody else's business. You don't understand how this is supposed to work. I just read it just a moment ago. He says, see to it, brothers. See to it. There it is. See to it. This This isn't optional. We're responsible for one another. We have to watch out for each other. we got to take care of each other. He says, see to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart turning away from the living God. We're supposed to have community. That's what church is, having real relationships in the body of Christ, real friends that watch out for each other and are responsible for one one another. You know, one of the common denominators with people who fall or wipe out spiritually is almost always that they have little or no accountability. We need accountability of people who love us and care about us. We need to be connected. And I know that may sound scary to a lot of people, but you know what's scarier than having accountability? Doing it all on your own. It's been proven again and again and again not to work. And whether you survive, whether you make it to the end, 
is not really the issue. But it's can you truly be successful and can you really live the life that God intends for you to live? There's a whole lot of people living a substandard Christian life and God would use them so mightily, so powerfully, but what's lacking is they don't have the relationships that they need. You know, we should all really understand how this accountability works. A lot of people have been a part of AA. They're accountable to one another. And all kinds of programs like that, NA and CA, they all figured this out that, you know, being convicted about something and then being committed, making that decision is not enough, that you also need a group of people in your life that will help you get through the tough times. And I'm just going to say, say this plainly that, you know, to keep our commitments, we need relationships with people that will stand with us, that will call us on it. I mean, some of you, the next time it's cold and wet, you're going to think, I got to go anyway because so-and-so is going to be calling me and I can't say I'm not going because it's cold and wet. We need those kinds of relationships in our life. Verse 13, he says, But encourage one another daily. How are we going to see to it that everybody makes it? He says, Encourage one another daily. I'm going to say it real clearly. You need to be totally committed to Jesus. But we also need those relationships with one another where we encourage each other daily. Encourage one another. Listen, to encourage doesn't just mean to say something nice once in a while or give them a pat on the back. I mean, that's, that's good. But we need to understand it's more than that. In the New King James, it says exhort. It means to urge, to spur into action, to put courage into somebody. And how critical it is that when we're struggling, when we're not really keeping our commitments, that we've got somebody that's exhorting, somebody that's urging us, encouraging us to go on, to do what we had said we would do, to do what we've been called to do. We need that in our life. You know, I'm really bullheaded, and I like to think that I'm going to preach the truth no matter what. But I want to tell you, when other people encourage, it, encourage me, it just makes it easier. And it just makes my life a little better. And I end up being more successful. And you know what? The same principles are true for all of us. We need real friends who will encourage us. And here's the thing. Even if you don't, there are other people that need it from you. You have been charged with this. See to it. See to it. Now, I want to mention something about the accountability. It's really important that you understand this. I'm not talking about 
these self-appointed fruit inspectors that go around rebuking everybody in the church and telling everybody else what they're doing wrong. That's, that's just the work of the enemy. He's the accuser of the brethren. And I've never seen that be a healthy and, and good thing. But I'm talking about when you have a relationship with some people that they actually have the right to speak into your life. Amen. I'm talking about people that you are close to. Those people are the ones that hold us accountable. And, and so I don't, want any, I don't want any self-appointed prophets going around straightening everybody out. That's not, that's not the way the Holy Spirit works. But I, I do want, I want to see this in this body where when somebody's struggling, somebody else knows. I mean, it is a crazy time when the only way you can find out that somebody is sick or somebody's going through a hard time is, is whether or not they post it on Facebook. We got to have friends that are close enough. If something happens with them, we know about it. And if something happens to us, they know about it. Amen. And how often are we supposed to be encouraging one another? Daily. 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 How does that happen in a church world where most people either go once a week or less. You see, in the early church, they went from house to house, breaking bread, praying, talking about the apostles' teaching. But it was a phenomenon that happened with them as they were ostracized from their culture. It was just a natural thing for them to be together all the time. In our culture, it's so not the natural thing. We are all so disconnected and we're all so busy with other things that unless we do this intentionally, it doesn't happen. And so I'm challenging you this morning to be intentional about this, that it's important for you to have real friends in the body of Christ, people that you are really connected with, that you will watch out for them and they're watching out for you. You need that in your life. Now... In our culture, as I said, we have to be intentional about it. And so one of the ways that we do that as a church is we do small groups. And that provides the vehicle, the opportunity for you to make some friends. I want to say this clearly. It doesn't have to be through one of our small groups. There can be another way that you connect with people and you have those friendships and relationships. But I'm just saying that for many of you, this is an opportunity for you to find some real friends. You might find the best friends you've ever had by joining a small group. So I encourage you, I challenge you today, pray and get signed up for a small group. If you don't need it, Just remember, somebody else needs you. But however you do it, develop those real friendships. Jesus did, and so should we. Too many people get started down a wrong path, and there's nobody to say anything. Nobody even knows what's going on. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And I want to tell you, we all need brothers and sisters in Christ that can speak into our life. 
You know, one of the things that's true about this church and true about almost every church is that we have new people coming, but we also have people leaving. And they call it the back door of the church. People come in, but after a while they leave. Now, I realize that some of you are very connected, and you see, that's the key. When people get really connected, they don't leave. But they got to be connected in relationships with others. We need to understand this. This is so much a, a powerful key in us growing as a church and reaching more people and really making a difference in people's lives is that when people come in, that we make a connection, we make friends with them. And I'm not talking about, hi, how are you? I'm talking about really getting to know people. And if you are new here, I especially encourage you, get involved, meet some people. Sometimes, you know, in a church like this, believe it or not, it's hard for us to know who's new and who's not. You've got to come up, you've got to meet some people, you've got to take that step and get in a small group. We need real friends in the body of Christ. It'll make your life a little easier, a little better, and more successful. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. I want our prayer partners to come.